God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning tells us that God has given us gifts for a purpose. God's purpose in giving us gifts is made explicit, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. The writer here is using the word saints in the way it is almost always used in the Bible, which is that saints simply meant anyone and everyone in those early Christian communities. So every one of you here this morning is a saint. These words are addressed to you. The writer of this letter to the early church in Ephesus begs his audience to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. God gives us gifts to equip us for the work of ministry. God's desire is that we lead a life worthy of the calling to which we have been called. One theme that comes up over and over in scripture and in our life together as a church, and which David talked so articulately about, is that there are always two dimensions to the experience and practice of faith. There is an individual dimension— our personal beliefs, our personal spirituality and spiritual experiences, our individual practice of spiritual disciplines. But the Christian faith is very clear that the community is as important or more important than the individual. So if we say that individual Christians are called to be generous, then it only makes sense that the church as a community is also called to be generous. Generosity is the theme of this year's stewardship season. We are in a season of generosity. To me, generosity has a feeling of movement to it, of outward movement. Generosity is the movement from having to giving, from holding to sharing, from inward to outward. And when we look at the nature of this thing we call church— The sense of movement is integral to who we are called to be. The church is not an end in itself. The church is a means to an end. The church is called to be generous. The church is called to give itself to the world. And we do that. Davis United Methodist Church is generous. We do give ourselves to the world. Several of you have read an essay by Reagan Sutterfield titled, Why Does God Need the Church? The essay was part of the study packet we put together as part of the pathway process, and it was made available to everyone, and you can still get a copy, actually, if you want. In one sermon last year, I talked about Sutterfield's idea that the church needs to be like a dojo. The church needs to be a community of practitioners. Only a dojo is a community of practitioners of a particular martial art, like karate, And the church is a community of practitioners practicing living like Jesus. But there's a second part of Sutterfield's essay. In addition to being like a dojo, Sutterfield says the church is called to be an icon. Icons are not largely used in Methodist tradition or similar Protestant traditions, but 
Maybe you've seen icons, those beautiful, ornate images of Christ or the saints that are very um, complex and have, are rich with symbolic meaning. Sutterfield says, an icon is an image that sparks the imagination to move beyond the image and see God. This is opposed to the idol, which is something that tries to contain the presence of the divine and box it into human forms. In the church as icon, our liturgies and rites all serve the purpose of showing us the God that is beyond the particular liturgy or practice. When Jesus told the people of his day that to see him is to see God, he was laying out what is supposed to be true of any icon. As the body of Christ on earth here and now, the church should be able to say the same thing. If you have seen us, you have seen God. To fulfill the role of icons, we must obey the call of Christ to discipleship, a process in which we aim to become like Christ through living out his teachings and practicing the spiritual disciplines Jesus himself practiced. That's all from Reagan Sutterfield. So an icon is an image that points the viewer's gaze beyond itself, beyond that image, toward a sense of the divine. An icon is not an end in itself, but is a means to a greater end. And the church is called to live and minister in ways that invite people to focus not on the church per se, but hopefully instead to see us as the ways God uses human hands to do God's work in the world, the work of love and healing and hope, the work of service and justice. This movement from icon image to the Holy One is the same kind of movement I sense in the practice of generosity, movement from what is limited to what is so much greater, from what is here and now to what is beyond, from inward to outward, from having to sharing. The purpose of an icon is to direct our attention to God. The value of generosity teaches us that the purpose of our gifts is to use them for God's larger purposes. As always, our generosity relies on God's generosity. God gives us gifts to equip us for the work of ministry. God gives first, and we give also. In many ways, it's the same movement that we feel in the benediction I offer at the end of each worship service. In each benediction, I speak a blessing and a charge, a blessing and sending forth. The blessing you receive isn't the words I speak. It's all the ways you have been nourished or blessed by showing up to participate in worship this morning, and even all the ways the church nourishes you outside of Sunday morning worship. But like an icon, or like the practice of generosity, the blessing that you receive through the church is a means to an end. That end, or purpose, is to send you out into the world, equipped for the work of ministry. This is at the heart of the church's call to be generous. We as a community, as the living body of Christ in the world today, are called to give to the world. 
If we invest time and resources in the church only for the sake of strengthening or building up the church, we have made the church an end or a goal rather than the means to an end. That's what it looks like for a church to lose its way. So instead, we invest in the church trusting that the church gives itself to the world. And we do give ourselves to the world. Davis United Methodist Church gives itself to the world in a whole variety of ways. Did you know that we tithe? I don't mean that we as individuals tithe. I mean your church tithes. If you attended the adult forum two weeks ago, you do know that we tithe because that was the topic of that forum. Tithing is the practice of giving away 10% of one's income and seeing that gift as a gift to God, a gift to support God's work in the world. This church gives 10% of our income every month to support national and international ministries of the United Methodist Church, ministries that serve the poor, ministries that support peace and justice, ministries that feed the hungry, and so much more. If you didn't make it to that adult forum and you're interested to know more about the ministries that we really support through our giving, then please let me know. There's so many resources available to let you know more about that. This church actually gives more than a tithe, gives away more than a tithe. That tithe that I spoke of is for denominational ministries through what we also call our apportionments. But on top of that, this church budgets every year to give reliable financial support to CA House, which is a progressive Protestant campus ministry supported by United Methodists and Presbyterians and the United Church of Christ. We budget every year to support Grace in Action, a local ministry that provides a range of support to homeless folks in our community. We also host Grace in Action guests and staff and volunteers in our buildings twice a week for lunch and for an opportunity for clients to meet with the director of Grace in Action. And if they choose, our homeless guests are invited to give of themselves in service in Grace Garden so that if they, can, if they choose, they can experience the dignity of giving in a way they can give as well as being on the receiving end. We budget every year to give dependable financial support to the mission work of Larry and Jane Keyes in Africa. And we budget for the costs of hosting the Interfaith Rotating Winter Shelter for a week or two each year, as well as giving our facilities over to housing and feeding homeless guests during that time. All of that budget support for ministries outside of this church and beyond this church raises our giving up from a tithe to being closer to 13%, not just the 10%. And that doesn't even consider the special offerings, which we plan carefully to invite support of ministries in the community and the world. We are consistently one of the most generous United Methodist churches in our region, in our annual conference, when it comes to the special offerings that the conference tracks. It is clear that we as a church, as a community together, earnestly try to be generous. And this is as it should be. This is how we as a church community answer the call to be generous, beyond how individuals may be generous. This is how we as a church community give our money and our buildings and our members to the wider community 
and to the world. This is how we as a church community nurture our members, not solely for the sake of nurturing our members, but so that we all are equipped to serve the world. The call to be generous as a church means that we invest in the ministries of the church. But because it is a call to be generous, we need to always be asking ourselves, for what purpose are we making this investment? There are all kinds of ways we invest in the church, developing ministries that nourish us, sprucing up our buildings, all kinds of things. And when we do this, we need to always ask, for what purpose are we doing this? Is this investment something that serves only the church as an insular body or as an institution or club or even worse, the church as a building? Or is this investment something that equips Davis United Methodist Church for ministry? Do our ministries strengthen and inspire people for their service in the world? Are our facilities ones that can serve the wider community? We want to be able to answer yes over and over again because this is the mark of a generous church. God gives us gifts to equip us for the work of ministry. May this church itself always be a means to a larger end that we may demonstrate our generosity. Amen.